Thank you. I'm glad that you're here tonight. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter number 6. Matthew chapter number 6. Matthew chapter number six. Uh, Matthew chapter number six. I want you to look at verse number seventeen and eighteen, please. Matthew chapter number six. I'll read out loud. You read silently along with me. But let's read this together. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thy head and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast but unto thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Keep that in mind. Go to Acts chapter 4. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts chapter number 4. <clears throat> Acts chapter 4, verse number 13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled, and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. I want you to go all the way back to the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter number 34. Exodus chapter number 34, starting in verse number 29. Are you there? And it came to pass when Moses came down from the Mount Sinai with the two tablets of testimony in Moses' hand. When he came down from the mount, that Moses wist not that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him. And when Aaron... Verse 29, 30, yeah. And when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come nigh him. I want you to keep that in mind. We'll come back to that in a minute. Look at verse 33. Until Moses had done speaking with them, he put a veil on his face. And we'll explain this in a moment. Father, thank you for the Bible. Lord, help me. Expert in this field, you know that. It's not that I don't want to be. It's not that I don't want to have a good prayer life. A prayer life that is answered and I know it will be. A prayer life that I know that I've been in contact with. It's what I want, it's what I desire. But more than that, I know that's what you desire for everyone in this room. So help us, Lord, if we've come up short in knowing what prayer is or how to go about it, or perhaps we don't pray at all that we will add something to our prayer life. As long as we're growing and adding to, we'll continue to move in the right direction. So I pray you'll bless the people tonight, and may I be a help to them with the Bible. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. One of the hardest things to do, I think, in prayer is maintaining a consistent fellowship with God after your quiet time in the morning, you spent time with him. And to maintain that when you leave your closet to go out into the world among people, things, uh, seems to be very difficult. Think back about if you ever spent time in the morning praying with God, you spend quiet time. You know what I mean by that. I don't mean just praying. I mean meditating. I mean reading. I mean settling yourself down before you go off in, in the world. And uh, there you were, just you and God. And then you go from there, and sometimes you didn't even get out of the house before everything starts falling apart, and you forget about your relationship you just had with God. And it's very, very difficult to do. Uh, if we are not just alone, sometimes we go to prayer, and what we're after is just to be alone and quiet. You miss the point about prayer. Prayer is spending time with God. It's not just being alone and quiet or even just reading. It is to spend time with God. Once you have spent real time with God, and you're, you're, first of all, I don't, you probably have, uh, you get so involved in conversation, um, you, you really don't want to leave. You know, you have to. You don't want to. So the idea is to take that presence with you when you go. 
problem is we run into things right off the bat. We know right well the atmosphere suddenly changes when we leave our closet if we've been in touch with God. Just because you're in there doesn't mean you've been in touch with God. A lot of people spend quiet time, alone time, but not really God time. Hope you understand that. And so then we, if, if you have, if it's more than just quiet time and alone time, you actually got together with God. You are walking together, talking together, sharing together. You don't want to leave, but then you know you have to. So you go out of the closet, shut the door, and everything begins to change. That, that, that consistent fellowship that you had and want begins to be drained away as soon as you run into family, as soon as you run into to material things or other, other necessary things you have to face out in the world, and it just starts sapping that relationship and draining all of that confidence and that, and that power and everything that you felt when you were with God. And that's what happens. How, how do we maintain? How do we keep that that we had in the closet? I'm not just talking about quiet time or alone time. I'm talking about real fellowship with God, real connection with God. You are talking and you know he heard you. It's not just because the Bible said, you know. You know he heard you, and you heard him speaking to you in your mind, in your spirit. You know that. You know that, and you want to stay there, but you know God said you're in the world, but you're not of the world, so we got to go. As soon as you walk out of there, things begin to change. A lot of times before you even get out of the house, that special privileged time begins to be sapped right off the bat, and we just don't want to leave. Somehow we lose what we've gained in our quiet time in the morning. In the morning, whether you realize this or not, um, if you've really touched base with God, I'm, I'm going to show you uh, what I mean by this in a minute. There is a glow about you. I'm not trying to get all weird on you. I'll show you what I'm talking about here in a minute. There is a glow that you'd like to maintain the rest of the day. Now, Many Christians have wondered how to keep that heartfelt feeling, that truth. When they go out in the world, you don't have the liberty to talk the way you want to, express what you want to, and you feel like you're kind of hedged in and hemmed in, and, and you just don't have that, and you feel smothered, and I, I'm not at liberty to just talk to people and, and opportunities. that. But when you're in your closet, you could cry if you want to, talk to God you want to, uh, express yourself the way you wanted to, you knew he understood, and you go outside of there, and all of a sudden everything begins to change. It's not that what you want. How can we maintain that glow, how can we maintain that when we get out of that closet, when we have to go out in this world? Is that even possible? Can we do that? I want to help you with that. We must strive to learn how our conversation with people may be instead of a hindrance to maintain a consistent fellowship with God to benefit them and live the way we're supposed to. How do we do that? How can we benefit those that we have to be around in the world with what we just had that morning? How can we take that with us out into this world? The conversation is going to be different. You can't talk at liberty like we're doing in here. You can talk about the Bible all you want to in here. And everybody goes, well, I didn't know that. Have you heard of this? And we just carry on like that. Like we wish it was that way out in the world, but it's not. And we all know that. So I'm telling you, get up in the morning, spend time with God. Why? You no more get out of your house and it's all ruined. How can we take that consistency to maintain that consistent fellowship with God? How is that possible? Moses, with the veil on his face, gives us some indication. Now, Moses spent time with God more than just a morning, that's true, about 40 days. But anyway, he was there with God. He was in close and continued fellowship with God. When you do that, you'll find out that, uh, don't take this wrong, other people recognize a glow in you you don't recognize. Our charismatic friends talk about what they see themselves at and what they're able to do and how they know this, and I don't think any of that's true. Uh, we learn about Moses here, and when he was with God, just as Moses did not know that his face shone, he didn't. He come down from the mountain, and they were afraid of him. And he tells you why. Because his face shone. That scared them. He didn't even realize it. 
When you spend time with God in the morning in quiet time, as much as you can, and by the way, um, five minutes while you're sipping on a cup of coffee and then you're heading off for work um, isn't going to do it. You know that by now. You know that is not sufficient enough to help you get through your day and not even to get you through your day when of little benefit, if any, to somebody else because our mind is just pulled away almost immediately. Moses came down from the mount. He starts talking to people like he would every day. He spent some time with God. Let me talk to you. He didn't even realize the way they were looking at him. They looked at him and, and they were afraid because his face shone. He was in the presence of God and people recognized that. Now they had different actions and reactions to it, but they recognized that he had been with God and they didn't know what to do about that. What it will do in us will depend upon the sense of our being I'm not trying to be antisocial. I have got to spend large amounts of time in my office. I, I just do. I'm not trying to run away from anything. I'm trying to prepare myself for anything. That makes sense? I cannot come out, and most people, it is rare for my guys like, no bad news, preacher, just want you to know, drop $100,000 in, in, in the plate tonight, and uh, hope you're happy about that. Nobody ever does that. Now, they do that to Daryl Cox. Yes, that old farm boy stopped by and said, Preacher, you shouldn't have to worry about, now no, nobody will take a note about this, uh, you shouldn't have to worry about that huge debt of 250000 That's it? Now, Brother Cox thinks that's a big debt. And he said, the guy just brought in and said, Here, Preacher, you don't need to worry about that, and wrote a check for $250,000. And you can write a check, but it won't go anywhere, right? Okay. I'll feel good for tonight. <laughs> Actually, I'll be sleeping at the bank's door until in the morning. Um, but you have to understand something. It doesn't always work that way. What we need more than just what we're asking for is God's presence in our life. This is why we become so selfish throughout the day and become hurt so easily throughout the I'm not on, am I? Here, help me out there a little bit. The sense of God's presence in a person may often cause other people to feel uneasy in your presence. You're not aware of it, but you catch on. What's wrong with them? Yeah, don't be around them. You know, they're just holy rollers. All they do is talk about the Bible. And, stuff. and you're thinking, that's what I do. What? You, you don't think you're something special. Moses didn't come down and say, back away, back away. See this? See this? I know it's there. Just, I'm glowing. Tell you, I'm on fire for God. He didn't do any of that. He didn't even realize it. Everybody else did. Now catch on to this. Everybody else realized he had a glow about him he didn't have before he went to go meet them. It wasn't there. Are you listening to me? It wasn't there. So what happens here is this. The true believer knows what it means to have to veil his relationship with God when he gets out there. You can't talk the way you want. You can't act the way you want. You're among people who do not understand. I want, look, we have this treasure. Guess what it's in? An earthen vessel. Go, go to First Corinthians. Go to Second Corinthians chapter four. Let me show you this. We're coming back here in a minute. Second Corinthians chapter number four. Uh, we, we, you don't have your redeemed body yet. Uh, thank God for that. Uh, if this is it, we're in trouble. Second Corinthians chapter number four. spent time with God, you're not aware of what God has done to you while you're there. When you come out, um, people will say things like, you okay? Yeah, well, my face is all red. Are you okay? They don't recognize it, but other people do. Moses came down from the mountain. He didn't recognize it. Everybody else did, and they had different reactions to it. Some people were in awe, but most people were afraid. Let me tell you why. It is rare for people to see a spirit-filled Christian that's been in the presence of God. When they finally see it, it scares them. Okay, but what did you do with it? 
first were saved, it's, it's a bad illustration, I'm not comparing myself to Moses by a long shot, but I was not aware of the light that I was emanating in my dark home with my mom and those who lived around me. I wasn't saying, hey, I'm shining. I got up in the morning and had my prayer. I went from there, went out and had breakfast and had my prayer. I got up from there, went outside, got my Bible and read my Bible. I went from there and jumped the fence with going to my brother's house and we studied the Bible for a couple hours and then off to work we'd go. I wasn't aware how it irritated and scared people. I wasn't trying to. Are you listening to me? There should be something going on in you and around you and even on you that spending time with God, we, we like to make people think we spend time with God and yet it's not, it's not showing. Nothing's happening. Why? Well, part of that, as soon as we get out in the world, it just starts draining all that right away. It pulls up right away. It interferes right away with that relationship. And I'm trying to help you understand how to maintain that. First thing you have to understand is people can see that. You may not. But you must be aware of it. And you have to do something about it or they'll never understand what you're trying to do. Look, if you would, in 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. Look at verse number 6 and verse number 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 6. For God, who commandeth the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power of God may, may be of God and not of us. It's, you can't manufacture this. You spend time with God and he does this or it can't be done. Sometimes we're working so hard to be godly and actually what you need to do is quit working at it so hard and just being his presence, that'll do it right there. We're going about it all wrong. I appreciate everybody and I do the same thing. We're trying so hard to do everything so right. Do you know you're normally like those you run with? You're normally like those you spend a lot of time with. So why do we keep trying to push all of this the more time you spend with him, the more time you will be like him. Doesn't Amen. that make sense? Amen. And in the morning, if you ever touch base with God and you're not just in your closet alone, just repetitiously praying about stuff, that's not what prayer is for. Prayer is to be in the presence of God and spend time with him. It's not just to get stuff. It is to spend time with him. Everything's about God. Everything. Everything's about God. It's not about your prayer. It's not about how you heard. It's not about your church. It's about him. Understand, if it's all about him, how much more easy things would be for us, how easily it would be understood, how we'd be able to handle ourselves in this life. It's all about him. We'll talk about that in a moment too. The sense of God's presence in a person may often cause other people to feel very uneasy in their company. However, the true believer will know what it is to veil the face, prove their humility. Look, I understand the world doesn't understand a real Christian. I understand. Okay, I, I, have that, I have that knowledge. So I can't act like I just came down out of the mount. I'm going to have to veil this a little bit. They'll recognize it. I'm not trying to scare people. I'm trying to draw people to Christ, right? So what we have to do in the morning once this takes place, we need to try to understand that he's just, I'm just a man who dwell among men. I'm not a super-duper special hocus-pocus type of Christian, even though I spend time in the presence of God in the morning. I, here's, I have to live here. I don't live there. I live here. I'm having a hard time here because I'm spending no time with him there. So once I do, if you ever do, if you have ever had real prayer, not a I'm in trouble prayer, just a spending time with God in prayer, just a alone time, just a meditation, just a, God, it's just me and you, and, and if you never say anything and I don't either, as long as we're together, I'm good with that. If you ever get to that place ever in your prayer life, in your closet life, in your alone time, call it what you will. You don't want to leave it. God has almost got to drive us to pray through loss or hurt or sadness. Because as long as things are going okay, what we got to pray about? Prayer is not about things, it's about Him. And once you have been in His presence, 
to leave there, you almost don't want to be among people because you know what's going to happen, right? You're going to get attacked. You're going to get talked about. You're going to get tricked. You're going to get set up. Uh, they're going to question you constantly. And it's just why even go to prayer? Because God wants us to. The same lesson is taught by Jesus. Go, go to Exodus uh, chapter number 34. We read this a minute ago. Go back to Exodus. Moses came down. Watch the reaction of the people and then watch what he did. Exodus chapter 34. He, he wasn't aware of it. Watch what it says here. Exodus 34. Go to verse number 29. Watch what happens here. You there? Now it came to pass, Moses came down from the Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony of Moses. So we know where he was at. When he came down from the mount, that Moses wished not that the skin of his face shone while he talked. So he's talking to him, And they're looking at him funny. They're shielding themselves. They don't know what to do. They're afraid. He has no idea what's going on. None whatsoever. Spending time with God, you may not be aware of it other than you spent time with God. Were you looking for the healing or you know, healing in your hands or, or being able to interpret? It was just I spent time with God. That's all I, I just need to spend time with God. When I spend time with God, if you ever hit pay dirt, and by that I mean you and him were just, boy, we were having a good time up there. Kind of lost sight of everything for a minute. I'm not getting spooky. I mean, it's just like, oh, my goodness, I'm late. Wouldn't that be something to be late for work because of prayer instead of being late for church because of work? If you ever touch base with God, you always want that the next time. And the longer we spend out in the world, the less our faith shines. So you have to understand spending time with God is not what the world is looking for. Not even most Christians. But it is a necessary thing. So once you get out here, people look at you, even other Christians, and you have to veil your face. What am I after here? The same lesson that Jesus taught when he spoke of fasting. I am not trying to do this in front of men that I may get glory. He said, no, 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 in your closet. I'll see you in your closet. I don't need people to recognize and admit and testify to what God is doing in my life. That was done in the closet. God said, look, I see. I saw you when you were alone. You don't need to do it in front of everybody. Moses didn't come down and say, look at this, check this out. He didn't do that. You know what he did? He wasn't even aware of it. But when he was, when it was pointed out, wow, anybody got a mirror? Man, I remember that's not what he did. I'm not making fun. I'm not mocking. I'm saying it's not about Moses. It wasn't about you. It's about God. And God said, Moses, you're my connection between me and them. So you now have been with me. Now we need to make contact with them. But they're afraid of you because you spent time with me. They don't know what to do with you. You ever been that way? People go, I don't know what to do with him. You going to invite him to? Do you really want them at the house? I mean, they're going to ruin everything. You ever do that? It's not because you had a bad attitude. They just don't know what to do with you. So my mom finally said, I think it's time you moved. Kind of bothered me at first. I thought, okay, man, 21. By the time I got out of the house, some of you need to write that down. And I thought to myself, okay. But later on, it never dawned on me. When I was dealing drugs, my mom said, you always have a room to sleep in. Family above everything. Until I become a Christian. I just get up every morning, have my prayer, read my Bible, go out back, read some more Bible, jump the fence, go and study some more Bible, and go to church every chance I got. Glowing. I wasn't aware of it. I, I didn't even know. And my mom said, look, you, you need to knock that off. Knock, knock what off? I, what am I, I didn't even know what I was doing. Moses came down and was not aware. Everybody else was. But Moses, it finally, if you would, dawned on him, I can't help them. They're all afraid of me. They don't know what to do with me. How am I going to get them to come to God when they won't even get close enough to me that I could help them? So he veiled his face. He realized, I've got this treasure in this earthen vessel 
how do I now get it to where I can benefit the cause of Christ to do that? I need to keep that, that glow, if you would, going on. He said when it comes to fasting, Jesus said the same thing. We should not draw attention to ourselves when we are fasting that, what did he say? That thou appear not to fast among men. I'm not spending time with God so other people will see it. Spending time with God because I need it, because he wants me to. If it shows, if it gets to the place people going, man, you got the funny hair. Boy, she's really fasting. Wow, that's something. If you recognize that, it probably didn't happen. Moses, his skin is shown, and he didn't recognize it. People pointed it out in a hurry. Some people were very afraid of him. We simply... We simply know and expect. The reason you don't need to advertise, folks, look, when you spend time with God, he said, I see you in secret. I see you. <coughs> okay, if I'm in secret because I want to be with God, God said, I see you. Yeah, but how will people know? Don't worry about that. I see you. And I will reward you openly. I'm not going to reward you in the closet because you're in there and all you want is to be with me. I'll reward you. I see that. I see what's going on. Moses was up there by himself, just him and God. He didn't come down and write a book on how I walked with God for 40 days all by myself and nobody else. He didn't do that. That's not what that was all about. He was up there to be with God, and God said, now you need to go down and help the people. That connection is for this connection. It's not for us to brag. You fasting, you praying is not to, for people to watch what I'm, that's so God said, look, it, don't, be, don't be broadcast. You don't need to do that. I saw you. I saw you. That's all that makes a difference, and I'll reward you in the open. I'll take care of you. Don't worry about what people think or what they don't think. So we simply know and expect God, who has seen us in secret, will reward us openly, thus making others know that his grace and his light is upon us. By the way we act in public and around other Christians, people, look, even a child is known by his doings. He wasn't really talking to a child. He was talking to adults. Saying, so you do know adults, even a child known by their doings, right? So being short-tempered, cranky, pouty, uh, uh, martyrs complex, uh, nobody knows the trouble I've been in, oh, when will somebody help me, that kind of stuff, it broadcast. Just like you spending real time with God, that also broadcasts. You do not have to say anything about it. You don't have to be super spiritual, super separate. You just need to spend time with God. When you do that, you want to take that with you. Man, I won't leave that. That's, that's really good. That's really great. I want to take that with me. So go to Matthew chapter number 6. Matthew chapter number 6. Chapter number 6, look at verse number 17, 18 again. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thy head and wash thy face, that thou appear unto men, uh, uh, say, not appear unto men to fast. He said, they don't need to know. I know. God said, I know. That's all that's, all that's important. I know that. I'll reward you. If you're doing whatever it is you're doing, and you said, well, how would I know? Maybe I, I don't realize it. If you don't get the praise or acknowledgement, does it bother you? Moses, your face is shining, or your face isn't shining. He didn't know. It wouldn't have bothered him at all. So when it bothers you that you didn't get acknowledgement for you trying to be spiritual or trying to help out or whatever, you haven't been spending enough time with God. So, this is what we find out in verse number 18. That thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy father which is in secret. And thy father which seeth in secret shall reward you. He'll take care of you. It's going to be okay. God will take care of you. Be not dismayed, whatever be tired. God will take care of you. Go to Acts chapter number 4. Acts chapter number 4. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Acts chapter number 4. Look at verse 13. Here we have Peter and John. 
they had been in the presence of God and they never said a word about it, but other people did. Watch what happens here. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were learned and ignorant men, unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled. And they took knowledge of them. Go ahead, read the last phrase. That they had been with Jesus. They didn't say, hey, we've been with Jesus. They, look at these guys. They're, they're ignorant. They're unlearned. They haven't been to the schools. They don't understand properly. Uh, but I think they've been with Jesus. You don't have to advertise that. When you've been in the presence of Jesus, you know it and other people know it. But it's not to show off with. You spend time in your closet, not to mark a check, not to say I'm obeying, not say I did what preacher said. I did it because I want to spend time with God. And when I do and I make that connection, I don't have to tell anybody. It should show upon every one of us. They had been with Jesus not only while he was on this earth, but also when he entered into the heavenlies. You remember this story here. And, and, and poured out his spirit. They simply acted out what the Holy Spirit of God had already been teaching them and training. All you got to do, do what you're supposed to do. When you spend time with God, now go do what you're supposed to do, and he will go, he'll reward you openly. He'll, okay, I, I got I to gotta go to the next one. So maintaining that glow, meet with God in the morning. Have a purpose. I didn't say go to prayer. Meet God in the morning. Meet God in the morning. Don't just say your prayer and go on about your business. We're not Catholics. We're not just, I have a purpose. Why, why am I getting up every 15 minutes or a half hour, hour early? Why am I doing that? Spend time with God. I got to get over here close to 7. I have to. I need to spend time with God. I need that quiet time so God can talk to me, so I can sense his presence. So I know he and I are starting the day off together. The world is wearing you out to where you can't even get a breath. God didn't do that. The world was doing that to you. The very thing we need the most, we're being spoiled. We're being robbed of that. God said, look, I I go with you all day long. We can take care of this all day long if you spend time with me. We don't have time to spend with you. It's like a person who says, I can't afford to tithe. You can't afford not to pray. You just can't afford it. We're getting ready to run in some tough times. Some of us already are. I tried to tell you that. I tried to, I, I didn't want to see it coming either. I wouldn't vote for it, but it happened. Being close to him will cause you to shine. You won't even recognize it. People notice the difference. That they had been with Jesus. Okay? Number two, maintaining consistent fellowship. The blessing of the quiet time in the morning while continuing with our Father can easily be lost by getting too close to people. <laughs> Don't you wish, you, Moses, you could just step on the mountain? That's a pretty cool place, right? Thunder, lightning, God. Saw his finger writing stuff. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be nice just to stay there? It's no wonder that Peter, James, and John on the Mount of Transfiguration, I don't think they wanted to come down. I'll tell you what let's do. Let's build some temples to you guys, and we'll just kind of hang around. We don't live there. We visit there in the morning, and then we have to go down where people are. You have to go to work. You have a family. You have these things in your life. That is reality. But let's take God into our reality. Let's maintain what we have in the morning while we face the world. I'll tell you what I think we're doing and, and how we're losing this. By getting too caught up, spending too much time with people, we must carry the precious personal relationship we had in the morning, in our morning quiet time, into the holiest watches of all throughout the rest of our day. We need to take God with it. So you have to do this on purpose. You have to be aware of what I had here. I don't. Okay, that ends my prayer time. No, that may have ended your closet time, but it should have ended your prayer time or your walk with God. You need to take that with you. You need to take him with you. You need to be consciously aware, I want him with me on my job. It's not church and job. It is my life as a Christian. Job is the hindrance. People are the hindrance. That's the hindrance. 
but that's why God wants us to meet with him in the morning because that's what we have to deal with. Even in here, you get short-tempered with each other, suspicious of each other, jealous of each other, attack each other, blame each other. I can tell you exactly what your problem is. Yeah, it's her. It's not her. Well, that could be. What it is, you didn't spend any real time with God this morning. Or if you did, throughout the day, it was just pulled right away from you. And you are just another person in the world trying to handle life. We say Jesus is the answer, but you don't know that. You say it because the Bible says. But have you personally experienced that God is the answer for your, ready, everyday problems? Work problems, bill problems, marriage problems, children problems. No, he's not. Did you talk with him this morning? Did you spend time with him? You say, I prayed. That's not what I asked you. Did you spend time with him this morning? This morning, if you didn't, we run into problems. We do not know. The reason we need to do this and, and, and keep a holy watch on this the rest of the day and make sure he's... Folks, you never know when you're going to be attacked. The whole day should be going right and bang, there it is. You've had it happen. I don't know. We call it getting blindsided, sucker punched, right? It happens spiritually too. There you are, minding your own business, hoping nothing happens, and there something did, Right? Why did it catch you off guard? What happened? We do not know when the enemy will attack. This continuance of the morning watch can be maintained. Here it is. Ready? Ready? If you don't get anything else. By quiet self-restraint. I'm aware I spent time with God. I'm also aware where I'm getting ready to go. And I cannot restrain other people. We keep wanting to make other people do what's right. That time here was for you so God could give you his presence and his power so you can control you and maintain you. Then all I have to do is just do what God has always told me to do and men may see that you spend time with God. You notice less and less people getting saved. You notice less and less people amen during this kind of preaching. So now everybody's going, oh, uh, yeah, that's right. I remember now. Do you know why? It's a foreign concept. It's not that we haven't heard it before. But when you really start, and I'm not saying I'm an expert in this at all. I'm saying I, I recognize this is what I want. Do you want this? Or is this good enough for you? I said my prayers this morning. That's it? That's all you have? You said prayers. So what about your relationship with God? That's what prayer is really all about. This continuance in the morning, this quiet time, can be maintained by quiet self-restraint, by not giving the reins to your nature. We leave God in the closet. We don't take him with us, and our nature takes back over. Hey, don't you be talking to me that way. I'm here to do business, buddy. What, what happened to the closet? What, what happened? You walk from there and let nature have its reign. You blew your stack, ma'am, not necessarily because you didn't spend time with God. You may have, but then you left him here. You need to consciously say, God, I want to be here without you. Keep that. Keep that. Remind yourself all day long. This is the advantage of having uh, you, you, you people in, in school. How thankful you are to be here. Your mom and dad and other people have to go out in the world where they don't know another Christian at all if there's one in the plan or one on the job at all. You can't hardly put up with other Christians. To carry on that kind of conversation is encouraging. To know there's somebody else that's going through maybe what you're going through, that's encouraging. Now we have somebody to help pull the load. But a lot of times it's not that way. You're facing it all by yourself. This continuance, it's self-restraint. You've got to quit letting the reins of your nature take over by its impulse. But what would you do if you were me? Well, number one, I'm not you. Number two, I wouldn't do that. Number three, what did God say to do? We're always looking, once we blow it, for an excuse. Okay, let's back up to the first beginning of the day. You are so worn out, you cannot put two thoughts together in the morning to pray. You wait to the last minute, throw on some clothes, hopefully you brush your teeth or put them in, whatever you do. And you're off to work, 
And you're more concerned, many of you, how you look to go out in the world instead of your relationship with God before you go out in the world. And you can't understand. Why do you keep looking at me that way? What is your problem? What's your problem? Why does it bother you? You didn't spend any time with God. And if you have, you left him there. We want to figure out how can we take him with us all day long. You've got to stop saying, that's just the way I am. Well, I can't help myself. What a cop-out. That's the way you are, not because that's what God wants. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. But you don't start spending some time in the morning. You're going to find out your nature will grab those reins and jerk you where it wants you to go. Prayer time. This is also the importance of maintaining Christian fellowship as much as possible throughout the day. Why? You get encouragement. It reminds you. That's right. Hey, I remember what God wants me to do. Yeah, oh, I wish we, I was at prayer again. Oh, if I could just get to church again. All these things are good for you. Question. What if no other Christians, good Christians, are around? Yeah, I'll preach it that time. What an opportunity to have quiet time. Again, the idea of carrying a big old black Bible with you when you go to work. All you got to do is open and spread it out on the table in front of everybody. They'll either ask questions or they'll leave you alone. But you sit there with your phone, which you're not reading your Bible anyway. Don't, don't lie to me. And so they, they, they tell you dirty jokes and they, they make fun of you and they do all this kind of stuff. And you feel like you've been so picked on. You feel like a booger at the end of the day. If many people are around you, but none of them are spiritual. Someone has said it's better to sit alone than be in bad company. By the way, what's wrong with being alone? I don't have any friends and nobody cares if I go to church or not. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Sometimes you may just want to, okay, we're good. Hope nobody calls today. and I can just read and write and spend time and... praying and going through my list. Not just check, by the way, after I check off, because I told you I would, my Bible reading, I read three or four chapters on purpose in the morning, in Psalms and three or four in Proverbs. I'm not saying that's what you have to do. This is what I have to do to get myself adjusted for the day to spend time with God. I start with Bible. I got to get my mind centered the way it needs to be. Then I spend quiet time in say I was studying yet. I haven't even studied yet. I haven't write anything down. I haven't started anything. This is the way I have to start my day. How do you start yours? Let's say, we'll go one by one. You come up here and just tell everybody. God's watching now. Come up here and tell everybody how you get your day started. And then you can, then you can, then you will, then you will. Okay? Oh, I wake up so early this morning and the world's just feeding you, feeding you, feeding you, feeding you. Then you come to church and you go... I don't know why everybody's so unspiritual. This whole church is dying. By the way, one of the worst things you can say to me is that this church isn't like it used to be and everybody's changing. You, you remind me of the guy that had some Limburger on his mustache. Thought the whole world stinks. No, it's just you. It will drain you. Bad company will drain you. It will cause you to lose your spiritual power. It will tone down your light for Christ. It'll, things will begin to slip away, and you want to learn how to maintain that relationship all day long. When the abiding, when, when the abiding presence of God has been the aim in the morning. That's the aim in the morning. The aim in the morning is not to just put in prayer time. The aim in the morning is not to just read a certain amount of Bible. The aim in the morning is not to just be quiet for a while. That I see in secret. So was he looking for you this morning? Where is your closet? 
He said, I say in secret. When you're in secret, I say in secret. God said, I've been watching for you. I've been looking for you. Well, what a good time we had three months ago, a year ago. When you got saved, that was it. And God's been waiting and looking in that quiet time. This is not just a make you feel guilty thing. Christians are dying left and right. People are walking away left and right for the silliest, frivolous, made-up stuff you've ever heard in your life. Don't ever become a pastor if you don't want to hear it. It, it hinges on the lunacy is what it hinges on. you got more and more Christians that haven't been living for God, talking for God. I just think God wants me this, you know, and God told me this. You better be careful about you talking for God because you want to answer for it. So let me just say this. We need to maintain this fellowship. You need to understand them and you need to understand you. When you go out in the world, you need to understand what God is doing with you and you need to understand where they're at. It is a great thing to enter into our private closet, shut the door, think about it. When I, when I say, I'm not talking about your closed closet. You understand what I'm talking about, right? Meet with the Father in secret. That is a magnificent thing. That's a wonderful thing. Listen to this. It is a great thing to open the door. Again, go out. God didn't say, I'm only in the closet. God said, I'll meet you there. I'll meet you there. You want to go with me? You want me to go with you? Go for it. God wants to. So it's a great thing to meet him there. And when you're done, open the door, close the closet, take him with you. Now, if you're looking at me like, you know, preacher, I have no idea what you're talking about. Talking with God, he talks with you. You want to take him with you? You do know he's in heaven. You just described that you have no idea what prayer's about you should want to know. If you want to know, you'll be heading in the right direction. To some, perhaps, this seems totally unnecessary. I've got work to do. I've got responsibilities. And you'll just go off and handle life the best you can. And here's what you're saying. So far, I got through it. It's not about you. Who have you won? Who have you influenced? Who have you told about Christ? Who sees Christ in you? That's what your concern ought to be for this quiet time to maintain that throughout the day. Listen, if we are to influence those in church and those out in the world, we must be filled with God's presence and let his light shine through us. You have no light of your own. The moon has no light of its own. It gets its light from the sun. The stars do not twinkle on their own. They get their light from the sun. It's all about the sun. It's not about you. But you can reflect his presence. But I fear too many people are seeing us. And that will not influence anybody in the right direction. Everything else is of little value to this question. How can we maintain consistent fellowship throughout the day? Because if you left him in the closet, whether you met to or not, you did not take him with you. You have him no influence on others. And strength is being sapped. You're not going to make it much longer. You're just not going to. The whole truckload is getting ready to be dumped on you and this place. You're not just going to square your shoulders and say, well, I'll just live here. Now, if you go down south, you'll see these huge churches, 15, 16 white pillars, half a dozen steps going up the front, all brick, best of everything. You go inside, and there may be 25 or 30 Q-tips sitting in there falling asleep. That means white-haired people with Q-tips. Try to keep up with them. You know what happened? They won't quit if the devil moves in. That's their church. They help pay for it, and they're not about ready to leave. But it died a long time ago. The place is a lot bigger and a lot more influential than Anchor Baptist Church. They still read, but it's not to get to know God. They still pray, but it's not to be in his presence. Their face does not shine. Their life does not shine. And yet they can tell you, did you read your Bible? Yes, I did. Checked it off this morning. Know exactly where you're at, preacher. You're good. You got to start somewhere. Did you have prayers? Yep, sure did. 
was eating cereal, drinking my coffee, bowed my head, asked the Lord to bless today. God bless you. Amen. Off we go. That's not prayer. Prayer is with the intention of spending time with God. Just because He's God. We need to make more of an impact on the world, but I'll tell you a good place to get started is to make an impact here and now with each other. This ought to be the easiest place to do it. If you're not spiritual, the devil's looking to strip things out of you. So what's been going on in your life, Paul? Oh, there they are again. Oh, I wonder where they've been. Is that, is that, yeah, no? Did you spend time with God tonight? You actually came in here tonight thinking, if you don't get an answer to something, you're about ready to quit. You haven't been spending any time with God. You're the only one in the world that's ever been when you say that, it sounds ridiculous. But why do we act that way? Well, there's a God in heaven who's been waiting to spend time with you, and you won't give it. He's been waiting for you. So my opening statement was, why pray when you can pray? Why spend time with God when you can stress about things? You can plan and prep and do all you want to. You have an almighty God in heaven who knows everything about everything. And you need to seek his help. You need to maintain it. If you did, if you did, now we need to maintain it throughout the day. Acknowledge, God, I want you to go with me. Moses took God with him down the mountain. God didn't come down. Moses did. And God was still... Does anybody at work recognize Jesus? Or when somebody points out, they go, you're kidding me, right? That lady goes to church? Where? So I don't go there. That's why we don't give out Anchor Baptist bumper stickers. I'll never put one on my car the way I drive. No way in the world. How's your prayer? No, no, let's change that. How's your meeting with God?